Alright. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's just. Right. So, are we ready for the show now? No, no, yeah. okay. We're going to start the show? Oh, no, we've been doing the show the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we've been on the air? The whole entire time. Oh, my God. This was not the pre show. Oh, who knew? <laughs> well. Right. So, what was the question? Yeah, I've been asking you. What was your aha? Okay, beer? So, this is. Oh, yeah. no, this is on. We actually recorded this. Yeah. So, we did a show called Epiphany and Now. Oh, excellent. And uh, we had uh, Motor on the show. Uh, Unlike he is now, and a guy <laughs> named Macker McHugh, who is a who was a brewer at Gordon Beer, who's now a brewer at Trumer. Ah. And we talked about our our the beer that we remember as being the flip over, changeover. Like this is where I'm starting to notice that things matter: the taste, the smell, the the things that that were there. And uh, my epiphany beer, my aha kind of thing was uh, was. Um, the beer and the thing that's kind of funny is I remember it from the label first. It had a crane on the front of it, and it was an IPA, and it was the uh, I want to say it's Deschutes IPA. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like Marin has a crane. On yeah, it. but this had a. They all yeah. had they before they redid their imaging. They all yeah. every one of them had birds on the front. Oh, that kind of shoot. crane. That kind of crane. So he's imagining. What oh no no no! Not the crane. See, the... I grew up in the scrap business, the scrap iron business around cranes all my childhood. He's from so New that's, Jersey. So that's what I'm thinking. Right. You know, you phone. Know. We have a phone problem and a crane <laughs> problem. <laughs> crane. You know, we got. <laughs> yeah. kind of the, the working person's beer. Exactly. So on, on one of your podcasts, you do that. You you, uh, you found this great old tape of Fritz Maytag telling stories about oh. how, he, how he got into craft gin and how yeah. the early days. Of, it's really good. If anybody's looking through the archives, it's one. It's a don't miss podcast. It's like a really good beer school. That um, that was compliments of Thor. Very cool. He recorded. He bothered to record that on his eight millimeter camcorder and. <sighs> Looked for the tape but could not find it. I'm like, no, 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 it's good enough. That if there's enough, the content's good enough that who cares what the recording isn't. Yeah, it was really good. And one of the things I found interesting is that in that tape, Fritz Maytag referred to something that I vaguely remember, and I've been meaning to try to look up what the hell was really going on. But there was a time, probably in the late 70s or early 80s, in that that time frame where there was a, a huge scandal about nitrates, nitrites, I forget which, but uh, right. uh, food contaminants. bacon bits yeah, of beer. Yeah, it was a food, food byproducts that are not healthy. And so somebody did an analysis of beer brands, and almost all of the darker roast malt beer brands at the time uh, ranked high. And so the story that came out in the newspaper was ranking, rating these beers in terms of bacon equivalents. And so my favorite beer of the time was San Miguel Dark from uh, from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and it was like 287 bacon strips per bottle. Wow. Was the, and I was like, I, I actually pretty much stopped drinking it. Oh, that's because um, of the nitrates. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. really pretty much freaked me out. But what was interesting listening to Fritz Maytag talk is in that interview he mentions hearing that they were going to be analyzing beers that way and and adjusting their process so that their beers wouldn't rank badly when that came out. Mm. So evidently it didn't. It didn't take too much to fix the problem, whatever it was. But you talk about reputation. That's one of the things where media and so forth really can play either a detrimental or positive role. I mean, positive in terms of making people get their act together, but they didn't tell me later (laughs) that it was okay. Traditional media is all about the baby in the well. 
And they exactly. never follow up with the baby 12 years later. And the baby's okay now. And the baby's yeah. okay now, right? The kid right. He's getting straight A's or, yeah. in fact, traumatized <laughs> by being in the well. They, you know, still drinks water. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah. Still yeah. floats on water. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. But and, I, and, and this is the this is the downfall of traditional media is, <laughs> is that, and is that the, A, there's no accountability for the sensationalism, and we don't, uh, we don't follow up mm-hmm. later on. So that's like, to me, that's the big challenge in our in our sort of uh, internet era networked smart people is that we do need to follow up later and we do need to fact check and we need to update information yeah. and those are all hard to do it's kind of easy to spread information that we just heard right off the bat and it's not always easy to do that other stuff um yeah just yeah. so that everyone <laughs> knows um the vermonster case was dropped by monster yeah yeah so you don't have to boycott them no, still boycott <laughs> monster. No, no, it's a, energy drinks are terrible things. Yeah, I you know, know for the most part. They I mean, taste bad and they've got they stupid ingredients. Smell bad and they <laughs> look orange and blue and like you know, like we we figured it out that you could drink beer every day and not have the not have long term damaging effects like you would if you drank say uh, the equivalent amount of an energy drink. And what's interesting is that coffee and tea, in terms of caffeine, have gotten a better and better health reputation among researchers and so forth over time as they figured it out. And you can, you know, sweeten it with some sweetener that you figure is acceptable to you. And well, and you then can control got, the amount of sweetener yeah. you know what's in it, right? Yeah, and you can have it hot or cold, and you can have really good, good flavor and expensive version, or you can have a cheap version and just, you know, and uh, yeah, I. Well, I mean, it's a it's a really great time to be to use this word. I actually don't want to use this word, but I will because it's the appropriate word. It's really a great time to be a consumer because you have so many different choices of the product that is available to you. Right? Mm-hmm. If you like Folgers, it turns out Folgers makes a really great coffee for what it is. It's blended. It's ground. It's consistent. It's it's mostly fresh that kind of thing but if you want something ethiopian well you got to make a little bit of effort but it's there Mm. well it's the equivalent in beer too i mean you were talking earlier if you want a sam adams you can find it anywhere now Uh and it's a perfectly decent beer right um but if you want a resurrection or a heavy seas or something like that you've got to go local you've got to find it and the good news is they're available in local markets to a great extent. Right. And that and that diversity really only comes from the development of small businesses, which breweries are. The small craft breweries are small businesses. And you hear this talk all the time about the economy, and you talk about what really makes the economy go. And you have the big media and big corporations saying that we need to be strengthened and protected to provide consumers the choice they need. Well, that's just not true. No, that's not true. What <laughs> really fuels the economy is small businesses doing what they want to do that will be tested by the market. And and if you like their beer, you're going to buy it. If you like 21st Amendment beer, you're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. You like Russian River, you're going to buy it. You like Heavy Seas and Clipper City and, and Brewer's Art, you're going to buy it. And for the most part, we've said, yes, we're going to buy it. 
yeah. because it's Monster good Monster. and it's different and they're they're not the same and everyone's exercising their own creative faculties and their own vision and and uh, putting it out there and saying hey try this and you know I mean that's why that segment of the beer market is growing whereas the overall beer market is stagnant. You or know. declining in some cases. Yeah, um, the craft brewing is growing, the and that's great for a city. It's great for a community to 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 have these businesses and to to grow these businesses, and then to grow the tap houses around them that will you know be the outlet through which you can go and you know do your <laughs> other kind of community building right. and get their say, beer. I've seen that guy before. I should <laughs> talk to him about beer. And that, but that's you know that's what we go to that's what we go to tap rooms for. That's yeah. what we go to pubs for. Right. That's what pubs are. They're public space yeah. where we go without intentional planning. We go and walk in and know that you're going to see someone either you know or that you can easily get to know. And it's um, or make fun of sometimes. <laughs> make well, fun, well yeah. yeah, I mean, I well, experience you know, I mean, that all yeah, the time. It's not, it's not all the kumbaya. <laughs> well, and there's that one. There's that. Oh, I'm so sorry that this. This is a way insider joke, but there's this. There's this guy who used to hang out at Tornado. He just doesn't go there anymore, and I know he doesn't listen to the show. But I'm not going to give it up who it is. And we've always never said it out loud. But we've always made fun of him over Twitter. <laughs> Oh God! Life, all life is junior high school, you know. It never ends. Well, it's all middle school. And so then, everybody who's in on the joke is following each other on the Twitter. So you get the feed, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's he's. Well, and that's who's part. Of I know it's not me. I know it's not me because I still go to Tornado. Yeah, so. and, okay. And, I feel better, and I think you're on the feed, so you would have got the joke. No, I, I, I am off Twitter. I don't. Uh, I'm just saying. I don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it really is that juvenile sometimes. <laughs> but so you don't get the joke unless you're there. Well, and and all of, and that's the other thing is like um, so. I've been really interested in in internet community for a long time, and people say, "Wow, that sounds so utopian." Well, now they don't say it anymore because everyone knows it's not utopian. It's exactly like all other communities have been from from prehistoric villages onward. There is amazing camaraderie and helping one another in times of trouble, and there's amazing tormenting, teasing, laughing, and you know the whole range, just like all that stuff. And so that's and that's why (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't speaking in opposition to you when I said it's not all kumbaya but it's not it's like it's the whole it it is an awesome amazing part of our culture that we shouldn't lose that you have places that you can go into and see both friends and strangers in a common yeah. in a common space but it's also it is what it is we're just people some of us are stuck in junior high middle school whatever i was <laughs> at a, i was at a halloween party last night and i went as the great pumpkin which seemed appropriate <laughs> so anyway i was there as the great pumpkin and um Somebody was talking about, you know, brought up uh, Facebook, and they were talking about, oh, Facebook's bad. I'm like, ah, before you go down the path of everybody agreeing that this is bad, you need to know <laughs> that the power of social networks enables a greater thing. Like, people will see me at one of a hundred places that I go, and they're like, oh my gosh, it's you. I recognize your voice. Or, it's you, I follow you on the Twitter, or I'm here because mm. you said get here and I'm here having yep. what you told me to have. And and so then there's the conversation that happens because of that. Mm-hmm. And that is extremely powerful. And, uh, and you know, it brings the like-minded together uh, in a way that would never happen otherwise. Yeah. 
Well, and we're just we're just going through another one of those novelty phases in human history because right. you can imagine when the telephone was first being introduced around the country. What a fad that going, was! Why do I need one if I want to talk to my neighbor? I'll walk over the hill. What's right. that about? And uh, and then saying, yeah, my daughter's on the phone all the time. I don't understand it. I'm worried. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah, people no, like, like to communicate. <laughs> well, the thing that a lot of people don't understand is text. You know, the 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 power of text is. Uh, the re- here's the direct here's the address of the restaurant see you at seven mm. right there's no conversation needed beyond that mm-hmm. right there there's uh i'm standing on the corner of fifth and vine yeah i'm and, on the south side right yeah. that's the that's the thing i don't have to have and the person's gonna flip their phone I'm like okay i know where to pick them up now and you, don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to say i'm sorry if i'm interrupting or how is your family no i don't need to <laughs> i mean we're gonna have that conversation in five minutes anyway i don't yeah you know, it comes back to the phone call that a, the a very a very good phone call is one that lasts twenty minute or twenty five seconds at the mm-hmm. most, or twenty five <laughs> minutes, depending. On I guess it depends call. on what the phone call is. Uh, <laughs> reporting in about beer. That's that's where. Yeah, 25 this was minutes. great. So I, I was stuck here working. Um, you know, keeping my job, keeping everything going. Steve's got some time. He goes to Philadelphia and, and Baltimore and calls me. Um, not quite every night, but almost every night and. Long beer descriptions. <laughs> it's really good. It's like, yeah, you could tell when you're part of a beer couple. You get the late night phone call. It's about beer. It's about beer. <laughs> it was early night here. It was only late night for me. That three hours working the opposite way was fun. <laughs> okay, thanks. Now I know, I know what to go try to find. <laughs> uh, it's big fun. Well, beer. the beer community is a lot like the original uh, computer community back in the day. 1974, 5, 6, right around there. Um, we have a great example here in the Bay Area, which is the Homebrew Computer Club, uh, which yes, met at the, uh, at the Stanford Linear Accelerator. <laughs> who knew? Yeah, who knew? Uh, yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, and the reason I bring this up is that because uh, there, were, there were lots of things that came out of the Homebrew Computer Club. Uh, uh, Osborne the original portable uh moro designs which is an s100 uh computer uh apple computer uh was was originally shown off at the homebrew computer club and you know these guys were doing this because not to start companies not to not to uh, you know with big intent of making a billion dollar industry they were doing it because they were really happy about what they made and it was a venue to show off and tell people yeah i made this so like the like the beer judging thing that happened for you and for other people or for home brewers you show up into the community you find the people that are like that are doing what you're doing and you say i made this (laughs) what do you think right or or no not even what do you think i made this and yeah and they're willing to drink it, and you yeah. go, "Wow, you know, it's really great." <laughs> yeah. And I think that uh, the you know the one of the power. I mean, unlike the computer biz, which became its own thing and became very protected and became very IP oriented, uh, the beer community has always had its roots in openness and sharing and and uh, and a discussion. 
And I, I think it's really interesting that the the homebrew computer club used the used the sort of homebrew club the beer club as their as an analogy. It's really sort of fascinating because there that, were no homebrew clubs back then. Well, you have to there that. were. They just they weren't were, legal sh- sh- yet. Sh- they were. Yeah. No, there were. Cl- they were. There were people doing this, and um, uh, I have a coworker. Um, who was involved in one of the homebrew clubs before they were legal, and, and was you know they lobbied Cranston and so forth, and um, you know it, it's really interesting. I when I got uh, certified as a beer judge, and I said, "Hey, Kathy, I'm so excited! I, I, I just took the beer judge exam." And she's like, "You know, it's, this is so interesting because." I got out of the beer community when they decided that they needed to certify the judges. I thought, this is no fun anymore. <laughs> I said, okay, okay. Well, I think that certifying but, the judges is a good thing. I think yeah, that you have to have... A lot of them are certifiable. And right. Some, and, and, right. Also and, and, and if you put, don't, if you don't, you don't have the consistency. And people put together competitions with whomever they can bring in who's got something to bear to, to help out with the competition. And usually they're not everybody certified usually some people are just you know they're local brewers or they're people who brewed a lot of batches um you know local professional brewers or local home brewers right so um i i think the the beer judging thing is really an interesting community too because in some ways it reminded me of well-designed games either computer games or you know dungeon master games. games yeah it's really well designed there's 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 really built-in motivation for behaving well and and advancing advancing to the next level. It's, it's, oh, it's elegant, saying. right? It's an elegant have, game structure. So, in in other words, uh, free speech is not is frowned upon. No, it's not. No, I wouldn't say that. Um, for example, when mm. I first realized, well, that, no, I mean you would never say that guy smells. Well, you can you. No, it's I'm using not quite that as like a, I'm using that. that as a really extreme example, but um, what? All right, so so as as I was like, okay, I'm a I'm a baby new new beer judge. I'm not really speaking for the BJCP, and I'm not quite sure anybody can because it's an extremely amorphous nonprofit organization anyway. But but they have you know elected people who would be more authoritative, and I'm not those people. But um, when I first you know I got into this sort of by accident, as I said. And when I found out that when I'm judging, I'll get poured these beers and I'll have a, a sheet to fill out to to describe the beer and, and come up with some sort of a, a ranking for them and you know, you really work hard and you figure out the flaws and then you and then you talk with the other judges at the table and see what they thought and so forth. And it's anonymous. I mean, if it's if it's designed right, you never know whose beer that is. But you, as a judge, have to put your email address on the form. Oh, okay. So, I so eventually like, you're going to one find way out. blind. Yeah. And I'm thinking, here I'm writing, and like you don't know who you're giving feedback to. It might be your best friend. Once you're in the in the brewing world, it might be someone who really has brewed a long time, or it might be a brand new person who just really needs encouragement and shouldn't give up, even though this isn't really terribly drinkable beer it's not their fault maybe it's the bottle you never know right you know so um i really like that because i think that i've never seen anything else where they have that one way um accountability in exactly that way where the person who has more authority is known and accountable but the um the other person's not and i i thought that was so interesting so different than than say um i don't know i guess 
to me, to me, that gives an, an interesting level of accountability to try to come up to. And again, it's back to reputation. And, and I don't always know what I'm tasting. And sometimes I might be wrong. And sometimes the beer I had right before might have really influenced me. But it really, really makes me want to do my best, um, not just because I want to like help the beer community, but because you know my name's on it. <laughs> right. Well, is, and beer judging has has ranking. Yeah. Right. So the more judging you do, the higher rank you become. The more tests you do, the higher ranking you become. You know, it, and it's not, and it is reputation based. So if if you give consistently bad notes, for example, uh, you know, one word notes, not to style, yeah, ick, whatever, whatever those words are that you're not that you're that there's no feedback, you're not going to be asked back because the because the because the brewer can say, oh, I didn't get any feedback from this from yeah. this judge. Yeah, no, it's true. That that gives some accountability to it. And uh, the other thing that, that's really interesting about the way that's structured is because this is really hard work. Uh, you know, I think it is. And I like people, you know, it's like one of those wonderful things where you tell people who don't know anything about this and you say, yeah, I actually studied and passed the exam and became a beer judge. And they're like, beer judge, ha ha, it must be fun drinking a lot. Well, no, it's not you know, fun. Yeah, it was more fun <laughs> just going to bars and drinking a lot. Uh, this is actually tough and and an interesting challenge and a really good thing to get into if you and if you want to give back to the beer community i think it's it's really good to have a lot of different palettes everyone perceives things differently it's a great thing and one of the nice things about how it's structured is that uh there's no pay involved but at a certain point to, to earn your points if you want to move up you you get to uh, do things like grade other people's exams to get more points, and oh. everything is it's kind of like it has its own economy. Hmm. It's like an alternate economy of the of the point system. Anyway, I think it's elegantly designed, and so far I've had fun. <laughs> cool. Hey, let's talk about. Um, I want to talk. I want to ask this: um, What's harder to fill out a BJCP form for judging someone else's beer or? my book <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like your book it's really great and so when i do bjcp forms i'm usually sitting in a quiet space with a bunch of people and everyone's writing furiously and trying to use their time efficiently and then have the discussion so it's like there's kind of the pressure's on and you mm-hmm. write it and but then you kind of have to do it all so it all gets filled out and so your book which is really cool looking and feels nice in the hand and has a really nice geeky grid paper and it's just kind of it's like a great artifact but i find myself going somewhere and i'll start and i'll start writing in to describe the beer and then i'll get in a conversation and then the beer's like almost gone and i thought oh i forgot to <laughs> i didn't say anything about the aroma <laughs> so yeah i actually i've got a copy with me and i've been really bad in terms of actually writing up very many beers but this is a typical this is a typical example <laughs> I, I think i think this note here the the bottom the left side bottom line sort of describes the whole entry radiant deserved more attention <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a nice beer called radiant and uh somehow i got distracted through almost the entire consuming of the beer and there really wasn't too much to say <laughs> it, was, uh, it was nice well i want to say that the these words over here yeah. on the left side are optional. They're here as a guide, but not as a as a rule. Yeah. And uh, 
So yeah, I haven't used it too much, but I really I really respect people when I see somebody come into a bar somewhere and pull out any kind of notebook and sit down there and and <laughs> what are you wishing for? This is photographing my I'm hilarious. sorry, I'm, far, I'm, I'm like I feel like a spy. Oh God, I wrote something embarrassing in my. No, it's awesome. Work. It's a, too busy to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then I'm. Like, I think there's a page. That, yeah, there's some. There's some. Oh, see, this is well. This is filled out well. See now, I see the teacher liked my my uh, notebook fill. It's it is a really nice tool, and it's a great way to learn more about. Um, if you fill out the whole book, you get another one free, right? So, <laughs> some people do. <laughs> some people do. Oh no. All right. Well, now everyone has to fill out their whole book to figure out if they're one of the some people. This is well, a, this is really cool. Uh, you know, this oh, this was look at this. Yeah, that was. A I'm serious. holding this up to the camera. So oh, that was can, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. you people out there, you can see this. It's written. So, yeah, both we, sides we, of the page are written be, in dense. Be, before this time, when um, Steve was off traveling by himself, we both went to uh, Pennsylvania in the spring. Was that in the spring? Yeah. <laughs> and we went to Victory, and it was really great. It was. We had the best time. Uh, they just had these these German brewers in. For some East Coast event, I don't remember the exact one, but I'm sure that you could look it up on the internet. This is hilarious. Victory, oops, did the tour and didn't do beer by beer. <laughs> well, you know. No, no. It's, it's there's the uh, the logo. Yeah. No, it's well done. <laughs> it was fun, and sometimes I don't feel like filling the whole thing out but I find one descriptor of the beer or one interesting thing like Victory's beer that they did this spring and it may or may not become a permanent beer um, called uh, Wild Devil which is their Hop Devil IPA but mm-hmm. brewed with Britannomyces instead of the regular yeast strain mm. so so here's this it's not the regular yeast strain and it's an IPA and a big floral. So odd things happen. It's got that kind of leathery Brett flavor, but the the most interesting thing was the bitterness just drops off. I mean, you're, you know, instead of having that long bitter finish, and this is because of the yeast. And it's, be, you know, it's it's sort of one of those mysteries to be solved. It's like, wait a minute, just having another yeast strain in here, and it takes this from having this huge bitter finish to having all this hoppy character and then at the end of the sip it just goes away uh oh so so yeah so so john's got a bottle of this is a collaboration homebrew and um kimberly rosenberg and i brewed it as an entry to queen of beer this year and it didn't win but we are not heartbroken because the competition which i also got to judge but obviously a different category was uh, a good competition with good beers and this was kind of a this was a sort of an adventure beer so um oh looks nice yeah it, it pours out and has some foam on it looks like beer it does look like beer. My God, you made beer. So this is like, guess what's special about this beer when you taste it? Can I have your book? <laughs> yeah, you can have my book. <laughs> okay, you're right. Guest oh entries. God. Great, you can have the guest te- entries. The teacher's going to write up my our, our homebrew. 
So, um, how intimidating yeah. is that? It's really scary. Kimberly was so fun to brew with, and she has a boyfriend who brews and who also is a beer writer, Brian Yeager. And, uh, oh, we tried to intimidate them onto the show last week. I really like Kimberly, and, uh, and, uh, she at some point said, you know, we should brew something, and so we did this, and, uh, it was so much fun. Her, her enthusiasm. And I, my theory was it's kind of like, you know, why would you want to learn to brew from your beer writer, homebrewer boyfriend? It's sort of like getting taught to drive by a family member. It might be more fun to learn to drive with somebody else. So we went out and messed around. Especially someone else with a learner's permit. <laughs> yeah, right. I have a learner's <laughs> permit. It's like that. I'm a beginner. So describe what, describe what this beer is. Well, this beer is... This beer originally wanted to be a chocolate and uh, a chocolate and dried ginger, like gingerbread ginger, mm. wit. However, we um, on sh- rather short notice we we ordered our um, dried malt to, to keep the color as pale as possible, and I somehow neglected to read that it was an amber. Um, wheat and uh, barley dry malt extract. So at that point we're like, okay, this is going to be completely not a wit, so it's something else. So it is a wheat-based Belgian experimental ale with cacao and a hint of dried ginger and a hint of something called um, angelica root because I was at uh, uh, Rainbow Grocery local local health food store and I smelled all the herbs and that one smelled like it belonged in beer. So uh, put a little bit of angelica root in it. It's way too summery to be drinking in November. And it's a little hard coming off of... So if we had it last night, it would have been okay, right? (laughs) No, I kind of like this beer. I mean, like, I was happy with it. It, it, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely... has a flower smell to it. I'm thinking that's angelica and ginger that's giving it the flower. I get ginger very strongly. I just get flowers. I don't know what kind of flowers they are, but they're flowers. Yeah, there's a little saws hops in there too, which which could be. Maybe it's ginger, but say. you know, it changes from day to day. This is this one to me. We we tried to do really really delicate spicing on it, and I think we got it so delicate that. With each sip, I, I can't quite tell what the spices are. It's like I keep going, what is that? Well, Where's a, the cacao? There's a bitey right here. I'm tasting something right here. I think you might get some ginger spice on the tongue. And then in the long finish, I get a little bit of chocolate. But it's easier if you haven't just had a really hoppy beer before it to get to get that final cacao. Hard to know what that taste is. I can't get over how it smells like flowers, and it's not like it's not like hops, you know, like an aroma hop. It's like a different kind of yeah, flower smell. It's like you're walking into a big field. So we're thinking about brewing it again, and I can't figure out if I want to step up one of the 
spices in it or not. So I guess that means it's kind of good. So I wouldn't put any more ginger in it because then it's going to be all, it's going to be too sparkly. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more cacao so it comes out so you can just, because right now it's subliminal chocolate. It's barely there. I don't get chocolate at all. Hmm. I got it last week when we tasted it. And I'm not getting it right now. That could be because we just yeah. went with that. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's a big, big, big multi... Right. Palette, palette. palette killer. I wouldn't say palate killer, but palate changer. You know, yeah. the next thing that... No, the Resurrection Ale is really nice. I think we should have gone beer. the Resurrection, then the... Or started with this. Yeah, you got to start with your really right. very delicate beer. that Otherwise, it tastes wimpy. That's a huge thing with either judging or just going out and drinking sometimes. You just don't know um, what beers will taste like in sequence. And I, I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't know enough about wine to know what's really analogous. But, you know, wines, it's uh, white wines first, then red wines. But even in wines, sometimes you have a, wet, a red wine that's pretty delicate that if you have an intensely flavored white wine, you're actually, you know, you're, a, you're actually kind of stepping back down again or something when you go to the red wine flight. And I think beer, it's even more complicated because you uh, you have all these different factors in them that can ramp up, like the hoppiness, the amount of uh, yeast spiciness, the, you know, the amount of maltiness, the amount of alcohol. So you just do what you can. Today is November. The one. He's like filling it. He's filling all the sap. <laughs> you know, this uh, is great. Fall. That's wonderful. Sunny. Now I have my my uh, my beer homework book annotated by the master beer teacher. So <laughs> just this guy. This, I know. We're now, all, now you have no homework. He just all, did it for we're you. We're all just this guy. <laughs> I'm just this guy. We're all just this guy. Okay, so I, I took I'm a just, photo of the thing. So I'm just this beginning home brewer. So it's all like that. <laughs> uh, no, that's the beauty of this. I mean, it that's is. what this was made for, was to, to learn from it. It's all awesome. And that, that to me is the whole attraction to say, I want to learn what makes so flavors. Now, if I mix yours with Resurrection. <laughs> oh, there you that's that should that be so now, now we'll do does. table blending. <clears throat> so that's a, that's a, something I really um, come table to appreciate blending. is blending beers at home. If you got a beer and you take a, you know, it's like okay, I have this amber and I wasn't in the mood for something that was quite so middle of the road. You, you open another beer from your refrigerator and blend them in proportion, and it's really fun. I mean, you can do your you'll be your own master blender at your table. It's awesome. Oops. Wow. It's a great way to learn Try about beer. That's beer. really good. That's pretty good. That's it? really good. Yeah. <laughs> We've resurrected the beer. No, we changed it. Now it's resur... Oh, yeah. That's a nice blend. <laughs> that's so pretty that, good, yeah. isn't it? The only story I can tell about blending, or the day that I had fun doing it, was <clears throat> at uh, the Wet Hop Festival last year. Not this year, but last year. Brian Hunt made the same beer with two different hops. Right. Yeah. yeah, he made ca- he did Cascade and he did uh, something else. And, yeah, and it was whatever whatever the something else was, but it was fun because you're like, oh well, that's what that's cast. And so you knew that this is the Cascade beer, this is the other beer, and you could mix. You could do a fifty-fifty. You could do a forty-twenty. You could do a, you know, whatever it was going to be, whatever the mix was, and you could say, okay, 
Um, that's blind pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's this. Well, I've, that's I've actually, really fun. you know, in thinking about beer schools and how to learn, you mm-hmm. know, because we all try to figure out how do we learn more about this? How do you learn the descriptors? How do you learn what is, you know, Simcoe hops taste like versus Cascade versus Noble hops? Right. And, you know, and just learn. Um, getting back to travel, which is obviously something we love to do. Uh, we go to New Orleans quite frequently, um, uh, once every year or two yeah, or three right. or That's something. It's sort of frequent. frequent. <laughs> um, and New Orleans is not a notable beer town whatsoever. It's really... Um, it, Dixie beer, but no more. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know... Abita. It is, Abita is there, gone through their changes, and, and uh, there's a brew pub in town, which is okay on Decatur Street, or Decatur, however you pronounce it. But we found uh, last time there's uh, a guy who opened up a delicatessen called Stein's Delicatessen mm-hmm. on Magazine Street. Dan Stein, Philadelphia lawyer, dropped his practice, moved down to New Orleans and started a Jewish deli. Well, he also has a fantastic beer collection. It's awesome. <laughs> he has a tremendous bottle beer collection in the deli. And he also teaches beer appreciation classes. And what he said to us, which really got me thinking, is that the way he structures his class is he'll do like one class about yeast. Then he'll do another class about hops. Mm-hmm. Then he'll do another class about malts so that people really concentrate on learning the differences between these you know, three basic ingredients. With a flight of beers for each of those you know, components. And I thought, that's an interesting way to, to jump into this and, you know, and try to learn to become more conversant with yeah. what's going on in these you know, really you know, complicated uh, mixtures. You know. So, so, here, so here's the, another the, thing. The flip, for, the flip okay, side okay, of that. Go. The flip side of that is, who cares? Well, that's true. But some people do, right? And and I want to make yeah, I want yeah. I want to just bring that up because right. I think you know enjoy the beer for what it is. You don't have to know what those flavors are. You don't have to get so geeky about it that you know you're like oh yeah like um this I, this must be um I, mean, I can smell that you used uh, two sixty four yeast I'm like so <laughs> what you know too much like, Maris water yeah. right? <laughs> we've switched places that's usually where I am I don't know why all of a sudden I got to be the beer but, but, but that's true no, I agree. no you, you go in you go you're I drilled agree. into it to the point where you're not enjoying it anymore right and 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 you've broken it apart chemically and I fundamentally and, and psychologically and, yep. and emotionally absolutely and you're and it's like wow dude you need a new hobby well another thing or is, you should be brewing or a mixer or something you know and blender I'll, and sometimes you just taste something and go wow i can't tell what the hell the flavors come from this it's really interesting it's all blended together yeah and i like it i don't care you know i, I um but some this is like some people sort of want to dissect things and figure out how they work and other people don't care yeah. and i think you know some and the best yeah. You can be either at any given time. You don't have to choose sides. I, I think it's fun to <laughs> take things apart sometimes. But at the same time, we're notorious on the show to go, wow, I really like this. Right. I know. <laughs> and, I, I, well, and that's the description. That's, and it's, exactly. For argument's sake. Okay. All right? Because arguments make great radio, don't they? <laughs> no, they don't. Oh. 
Yes, they do. No, they, they don't. Oh, they no. absolutely Ab- do. Are you kidding? I have I have evidence is, right here that I, says that ninety four percent of people do not <laughs> like argumentative radio. They're but your the, people. My people are exactly different. Oh, here, yeah. this is your evidence. But on the Look. third hand. <laughs> Um, Good thing we practiced that in the show. <laughs> um, that, that joke was funny twice. Can you, can you can you envision can you envision some point in the future when there are like thousands more breweries out there making different varieties of beer and and there's a whole industry that's sprung up around the world growing more hops more barley more specialty barleys all that where you can actually develop your you know you you have enough choice and you have enough knowledge where you can say i feel like having something with the saz hops today and i want that beer and you know it, and it's marketed like that. It's it's a child. You know which beer. You know which. You know what the yeasts are. You know I'm oh, really beer. in the mood for this kind of yeast. I really want that flavor. I love that flavor. I'm not there. I can't. I can't tell you. Well, you know, no, I, I, I'm wine's more kind of like that with the grape variety. Well, that's that's where I was going with yeah. it. Where where you know because mm. there's there's more of that. But if you were actually able to. You know, say there's such a wide variety of beer out there now, and it's so the education surrounding it is so sophisticated that I now know that I love this beer, and I know exactly, or not maybe exactly, exactly. but I, I know what it is about this beer that makes me like it, and I know that there's another beer. That has that characteristic, so, so I can find well, it. But, and but ask styles for it. are kind of like that robust porter, well, sort of like but, an indicator, like Zinfandel. You but, know? but but the, but to to this theme, right? One of the things that we know is that West Coast IPA is fueled by three or four different varietals of hops. Right. One of those is Simcoe. One of those is Cascade. One of those is Chinook. Chinook. Centennial. Right. Centennial, Centennial. Right. And so. If you if you taste if if someone goes oh yeah this is a West Coast style IPA you know that it's going to be a blend of one of those four things some of us know that <laughs> yeah right some of us know that who've paid particular attention <gasps> and gotten into conversations with people who make the beer yeah who do it. but that's most people out in the world we have to remember what a small little group we are of people who actually have those conversations yeah, a small little group dealing with a 20 billion dollar industry uh, but uh, right but most people are like yeah i like this beer and i'm going to drink it yeah, but it's, and, you know, it's, uh, and there's nothing wrong with well, that. So but. you're talking about more beer education in terms of people of of, of broadening the number of people who actually, you know, who who, who we we were talking about it earlier about how brewers are generally very open oh, with right. disclosing their recipes. Exactly. There, there's not a lot that's hidden in this whole. There are a few exceptions thing. to this, but if absolutely. You, if yeah. you the, the the premise is this: if you if you ask any brewer. Um, how do you make this, with the exception of these guys right here, where and the pirate says, "Not telling." <laughs> yeah, arrogant bastards like that. <laughs> and too. arrogant bastards like that too, <laughs> that they're really secretive about what that what the hot bill is and what the grain bill is. Right. For the most part, if you say, um, "Do you have a recipe for that?" And the brewers say, "Well, what are you making?" Or how much are you making? Five gallons, ten gallons, twenty gallons. They will make. They will give you the recipe of what that is. Now, that said. Just because you have the grain bill and the hot bill 
does not mean that you're going to be able to make that beer right. in your kettle. But as a consumer, again, you're not going to call the brewer and say, I'm making beer. I would like to do a clone of, of your beer. Can I get the recipe? Sure. Here it is. Here's what I use. Right. Just a consumer walking into the market, you know, said if those were disclosed on the label or if they were divided by, you know, the finest, you know, Simcoe hop or, you know, specialized. I'm just, I'm just. Could you imagine? I'm just saying. I said I wanted an argument. Oh, no, no. But imagine this. You go to the beer store and instead of things arranged by by brewery or by style, you get arranged by, and it's a weirdo spectrum. No, no. It's just, it it really becomes a spectrum. Kind of like radio, right? So over here, you got a cascade in Simcoe and over here, you've got Noble and, and. Right. Right. No, over here you've got California common yeast, and over here you've got and that, you've got that's the this weirdo Belgian yeast. I mean, that's the reason I think that's interesting from a consumer's point of view. That you know, if you can break well, down these there the be, flavors there that people, you like, there would be people like that. They would go, okay, if I eat this yeast, I'm not going to be happy. But if I eat this yeast, I can. Oh, all these beers are made from that. Great, I can drink all these beers. Maybe. Well, it's it has, because you know. I mean, there's a lot of people. They're like, oh man, I, I'm sorry. If I eat, if I drink this other beer that you guys, I'm going to pay for it tomorrow. Okay. Right, because there's their digestive system doesn't allow for for the for the for that specific strain. Yeah. Or, or it leaves too many unfermentable sugars, which are, is what you know what the Belgians usually mean when Belgian brewers say uh, say digestible beer. They, that's why the candy sugar the the gets eaten up really quickly and doesn't right. leave these long sugars that add body, but also so hard on the lower digestive tract, lots of farting. So a right. lot of when they say it's a digestible beer, they mean won't make you fart. And this is a huge issue yeah. for some people. You right. Know? Well, or other things. And the people around and other things. Yeah. Other yeah. side effects that are other even side more of, graphic. Than, some side effects than are, the, not, than are, are so inno- graphic. We than the innocuous fart, which we yeah. don't mind talking about. Yeah. But that being the, you know, uh, you know and that that's a problem. And uh, uh, it's that's one of the reasons why people are loyal to their brand Mm -hmm. to the point of being a beer snob they're like no I'm not trying anything else because I know I'm going to get ill right it's got got those solventy characters and it gives some people a splitting headache there's all those kinds of things there's there's undetermined reasons why people are loyal to something that they drink and you know they've experimented with it over a few years and they find something that gives them a buzz without a whopping headache in the morning and they're like okay that's That's it dude I got it. <laughs> right. No judgments. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, I think the theme of this show, which I completely admire, is the idea that it's still good to experiment. You may have nailed the, the the wonderful beer that you like, but still, once in a while, when you can afford it, take a little bit of something yeah. else because you might find the next great thing. I have to say, the the uh, homebrew, the the national homebrew conference. I tried so many different beers, and I had so I had, uh, you know, possibly thousand yeast strains in me at, by the at end any of the week. Time. <laughs> by the end of the week, <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm like, ow. Yes. well, dude, I just look at you, you're building up a tremendous body of immunity. Well, no, I'm you know? I'm saying, yeah, but a, but at the at time. the end of it, it was like I just want something normal. <laughs> Can I have something that's not so big and not so 
can I just have and I, I really it was funny because like don't get me wrong I loved all the homebrew I loved tasting all these different amazing wonderful things that you know had risen to the top and were there because they'd won you know they were top of their homebrew clubs and they were pr- and the homebrew clubs wanted only the best of the best there mm-hmm. so they were, they were but they were mixed back some well, of them were awesome and some of them well, were but that, but that's you know yeah. some people don't like those beers when, right. you know and I didn't like everything and I was mm-hmm. not afraid to pour things out that I didn't like Amen. You know, and oh yeah. So I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for doing that. It's like, no, dude, I don't like it. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, it's not my thing. Like, or more appropriately, (coughs) I don't like it now. Mm -hmm. Because it's conceivable that you might try it under different circumstances. Wasn't cold enough. Didn't have pizza. I have 15 more beers I want to try. Right. Or I had something right in front of it that you know totally shifted my palate. It was the first beer that I tried. Uh-huh. You know, have you ever had that problem where the very first thing... It's the best. Yeah, you're like, or it was like, oh, or, I can't wait to go try the next yeah. thing. Like the uh, like the uh, hoppy, no, the the uh, anchor thing that we had to start. Yeah, the um, humming beer. The humming, humming beer. beer. Humming, humming beer. ale. Very yeah. interesting. Humming, humming ale. ale. Lots, yeah. of, uh, lots of bitter... Sadly, once again, it'll only be available in this microcosm of here. Curious hop character to it. It's like new hop, or an. an, 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 Gotta go back and read more about that beer. But um, yeah, it's made by Anchor, and it's it's available in very few spaces right now, and it's not going to be bottled. And I, you know, when Anchor does something new, it's always worth getting it a try. So I have. There's three things I have to make sure I cover. Today, okay, we're back right? to the checklist. No, no, it's just here. It's like, okay, <laughs> so we're doing another beer giveaway, another thing that you can win. And uh, so we have a T-shirt and a koozie from 21st Amendment. Wow. Uh, and they're two separate prizes. The T-shirt is an XL, but if you want something smaller, we'll arrange that to happen. Okay. The only way to win this contest, unlike the last one, which was to send an email, this one is you have to call the beer school robot and make a case for why you want a t-shirt or a koozie from 21a uh the phone number to call in to win is four two four two four two beer or four two four two four two three three seven five it's the most confusing phone number in the whole world don't try to do it when you've had a few put it in your phone and do it later it's basically Canadian for four two four two four two beer. Canadian for uh, tw- uh, a case is a two four. Ah, <laughs> okay. Oh All right. My. So call the beer school robot. Make a case for why you want to win a shirt, and we'll. S- uh, this contest closes on November the fifteenth. That gives a little bit of time. Yeah, a little bit of time. Well, the last one was a month. Uh, was roughly a month or so. Uh, just closed today, and you could win stuff from New Glarus. So you're gonna have to ship that, like pack it up and ship it out. Yeah, yeah. The New Glarus giveaway was pretty good. It was a four. It was a four pack. Uh, it was uh, something for your fridge. It was something you can only get at a, at the brewery, and something worth a hundred bucks from New Glarus. Wow. Yeah. Which was the oh one worth a hundred bucks? I'll show you. Okay. Oh, you'll yeah, laugh. Yeah. Oh, you'll, yeah. You're gonna laugh. I mean, it, it's. Absolute. Are you gonna tell everybody in podcast land or just us? 
No, no, they're going to see. They're going to see. They're going to get their prizes and they're going to laugh. But, so, but oh, oh yeah, so we got to keep the surprise. We can't say it. Now. Well, no, no, because the prizes go out. But this is <laughs> this this here. So, okay. um, the <laughs> next thing is um, Tornado to Tornado is on the twenty first of November. So eleven twenty one. Doing that. We're doing that. So the details are on the website. But here's the gist of it: We're going to open Tornado in San Diego and close Tornado in San Francisco on same the same day. day. <laughs> So those of you who are in San Diego, please note that we're going to be there from approximately 1 o'clock until approximately 5 o'clock. We might also make a stop at Hamilton's. Right. Because, you know, right. that's down just the down block. the street. Yeah. That's pretty right. awesome. Down the block. Yeah. yeah. So the Hamilton's is unknown at this point, uh, but I do know that we're going to do its Tornado to Tornado. So, are you using airplanes, trains, cars? Uh, we're flying on Virgin, and I put the specifics for the flight there. So if you want to join us on the flight, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Um, I will be disabled then. <laughs> disabled. I am disabled. Teach a friend of brew days next Saturday, November the 7th. You don't need to have a day to have an excuse to brew. So just because you may be busy next Saturday doesn't mean that you can't brew any other day with a home brewer that you can find from your local homebrew club, your homebrew shop, or by going to uh, the Brewing Network and signing up in the forum and go, hey, I want to brew. Yeah, there you go. Uh, also, go to org. Yeah. Uh, they have every homebrew, excuse me, every active homebrew cl- club listed there. Um, and there's a phone number and a website and generally an email that you can say, uh, make contact with them. Uh, it's a great way to learn how to brew. Um, you don't have to buy. The best part about it is that you don't have to go buy a lot of gear right you can go brew on somebody's 1554 system or their their magic brew or just their all their stuff in their kitchen yeah yeah you get to try out try it out with somebody else's yeah. stuff you yeah. know and um you can go buy the ingredients and bring them along that's a that that would be awesome you know you'll spend about 30 bucks to brew five gallons of beer and you're good to go it's or a, if you just want to go watch it's pretty fun too it's a really good annual holiday um and in addition not necessarily instead um as a as a really newbie brewer i think it's also a great idea to find other people who are are interested in brewing whether or not they're more experienced than you just having two people around and pulling out the brewing books and talking and laughing makes it all much more fun well brewing just so everybody knows brewing is not i have beer (laughs) no Wait, I have to practice that. Okay, that's not it. Here, use this one. There, I have beer. Um, it's about a six hour. It's about a six hour from the beginning to the end, and then it's about three weeks or so to the end, to the end, to the end. Yeah. So it's not something that you just you know snap your finger and get beer. But it's you know it's faster than wine. <laughs> oh my gosh! Talk about faster than wine. Let's see. Let's start in the spring. Hopefully the grapes will be on, you know, ready to go, and then we'll water the grapes, we'll tend the grapes. Maybe there won't be so much sun this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then again, and then and then you know, wait, 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 wait. Okay, it's August. Great, we're gonna bring all the people in. We're gonna pick the grapes. Now we put them in the crusher. Now they go into the big stainless. We throw some yeast in there. <sighs> okay, that's done. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Put them in the barrels. Wait, wait, wait. Move the barrels. Wait, wait, wait. Move the barrels again. Wait, wait, wait. Check this. Oop, this one's infected. Out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. And then, uh, oh, this one's pH is all wrong. Okay, blend these two barrels. Okay, that fixed that. 
So it sounds like lambic brewing. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah. no, but I, I guess the thing is with, with beer is that, you know, it's kind of instant gratification by comparison to wine, which well, is, you yeah. know, it's a whole, it's a whole year. And and there are as my references for anybody who doesn't know what lambic brewing is, which is probably most of the universe. Um, there are some ancient styles of beers which uh, do take times that are somewhat similar to making wine, where uh, it's traditional to be to blend together a two or three year old batch with a one year old batch before you release the beer. So th- that's so one of the amazing things that I've learned about beer over the years is that. It is a really complicated universe, and you don't have to know any of that other stuff, but there's always some new thing that you don't know about beer and some new thing you haven't tried. It's part of why it's so wonderful. Is that sort of some, like, the wave my beer flag? <laughs> like <clears throat> that beer we were talking about earlier, the one with salt in it? Yeah, Ghost. Ghost. Uh, Leipziger Ghost or Gosa or something, and I'm not G O S E. Yeah, maybe the E is invisible and silent, so it's I'm just Ghost sure. or G O S. So this is a really cool. It's a cool um, revived ancient style from Leipziger, Germany, Leipzig. and I don't Leipzig. I don't speak German. I apologize in advance for everyone who does, um, but. Uh, uh, four or five breweries in the region have revived the style, and it's got a little bit of Belgian-like, kind of sour, bready character. Mm-hmm. It's got salt. It's got coriander, and it's really refreshing. And it's, salt is weird. Yeah, but it's it's a little bit of salt. No, I mean you put well, salt. Okay, salt like so, is in gypsum salt, or no, like no, like is in no, a like is in a bass. Oh, no, like, NACO, you know, salt salt. Hmm, salt salt. So the thing, you know, you think about it, and there's some Mexican beer traditions of, of having beer and salt. Yeah, and then there's like the whole margarita, all those, you know. Um, oh no, no, that's that's, that's tragic. I know. It is, but but please still. don't put. Margaret. Oh, sorry. Okay, salt and beverage <laughs> can happen. We know rocks, that. no salt, please. If and fresh limes, that's the rules. I've stepped over an invisible line. <laughs> okay, so, no, so like no, have you had a, have you've had the best margarita ever, right? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. First, we got to finish. We got to finish okay. this old sorry, beer tangent. Stuff. You can look it up. It's cool. It's called G O S E. I don't know about umlauts. I can't vouch for the pronunciation. It's a great old style. It's refreshing there are few companies that um one or two that import bottles to the u.s um and it's something that sometimes homebrewers come up with an old recipe and do and uh there's there's people in our area who are playing with with this beer style it's uh do we know them magnolia did one last year that was the first place we ever had one they did an imperial goes, yeah, which is was, kind of like a contradiction in terms because it's supposed to be like a really light style, but it was real interesting, curious beer. It was during yeah. Strong Beer Week, month, whatever. It was the first time I'd ever heard of the style. And now, you know, when we saw it the second time on a shelf up in a, a bottle shop in Ashland, and, a beautiful uh, bottle, just a yeah. really beautiful bottle, and brought it home and tried and, it. And, it was well, and Peter Munoz, who I can't remember which club he's with, but I think he just did, he's been nailing that style recently. Okay. It's like, well, we'll find, we'll see if we can find him. <laughs> yeah. No, because I'm, I'm curious. It's a really cool thing. And I, I love that people will go back through the history of beer and resurrect these beers. And it's really fun. Like, well, Dave Dave McLean, who right. is the master of, as far as I'm concerned, of finding and resurrecting these old weird styles. Um, the very first batch of, of Gruet 
which is basically a beer made with sticks and twigs and no hops. <laughs> Secret herbs and spices. <laughs> sticks and twigs. Um, <laughs> and for those who don't know, Dave McLean is the owner and master brewer at, at uh, Magnolia Brew yeah. Pub in San Francisco. And so his thing was, he said, well, you know, we'll start with making a tea. So they put the sticks and twigs and leaves and dandelions <laughs> and, you know, the bark and the other stuff in there. And they boiled it and they're like, ugh, this is horrible. And then they made another version of it and they got it better. And they then they he put it in uh, the boil and made that as a beer. And, you know, the very first one was not something that I wanted to have another pint of. But I was really happy to have had a pint of it. Yeah, it was curious and interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's like, wow, I'm tasting something that's 10,000 years old. <laughs> well, not really, but it's, you know, that's what it would be like. <laughs> and uh, and since then, I've found other places who have brewed this. Uh, Iron Springs did one recently. Um, uh, who was that East Bay brewery that did one? But, I mean, you, you'll see, you know, I'm seeing it more often. And... Uh, it's fun to, mm-hmm. to be able to see this. It's all on the same lines of um, working for tips from right. Moonlight. Moonlight. Right, I was going to say Moonlight. Yeah. Oh, that was several other, versions. That was the other it. one that I had. Uh, I, the, the Moonlight, the, the Iron Springs one. Working for tips and uh, out to lunch. Out to lunch. Well, yeah. uh, and his most recent uh, Moonlight is like a, a tiny operation in Northern California. Uh, pretty much a one man show. Um, is. Somebody who we really care for, Brian Hunt, great brewer. And he did a recently disappear called Artemis, which is mugwort and uh, bergamot herb, not the bergamot citrus, and uh, two odd old herbs uh, sourced locally at organic herb growing place in Sonoma County. And uh, when I uh, somebody told me before I tasted, they said. It's going to taste like oregano. And I'm like, oh, please, let's not be. And I just was like, yeah, it kind of tastes like oregano. Yeah. Uh, it was funny because I realized I didn't have a vocabulary for the flavors in my other than oregano-like. And so it was hard for me to kind of know what to, pl- to to do with that beer. But I love, you know, I, and then and I've talked to people who loved it and hated it. It's not like this is like a you know, success or failure. It's just really off the usual right. taste bud map. And I love that someone will do that. That that you that you could have your a, a small, top notch craft brew operation and just say I'm going to do something that's completely different, just completely. Um, and but my favorite was the Redwood beer. I, I working for Tips is one of my favorite beers. I just want to taste that. It's like I taste like I'm. It tastes like I'm. Tastes like a forest. forest. It's yeah. wonderful. And and perfect amount, and you you give it to people and say there's no hops in it, and they go really. <laughs> I mean, it's got a perfect amount of bitterness. Great beer. Yeah, well, that's one of those. Sadly, for the world, is a never beer. No, never and it bottled. Almost, and it never bottled, and it's only going to be in a few places. And and it's seasonal because that's yeah. to be when the when the redwood trees, when the little tips of them get like the new growth on them that's light green. That's it. Well, and that but that's what's interesting is that. Every place around the world has and that, that. And now the United States is jumping on the bandwagon. Every community has stuff that you're not going to get away from that community. It's made by a little artisan brewer somewhere 
who you know pours pours for draft at local tap houses and and pubs. Um, maybe bottles, maybe doesn't bottle, but you're not going to get it. So it's the regional thing. It makes it wonderful for the people who live there, and it makes it wonderful for people to travel and, and discover something that you can only get in the Wisconsin area, in the Baltimore area, in the Philadelphia area, and now Orlando, Florida, and Asheville, North Carolina are starting to you know develop some really interesting you know beers and that's just that's the way it used to be back yeah. in the early brewing history is every city had their own brewery you cross the city line you don't get that beer anymore nope. you get the next city's beer and and it's it makes traveling fun for that speaking of travel the best part about beer school is <laughs> the, homework. The, homework. The, homework. Right. the homework the homework is beer yes. so the homework this time is very easy and it does involve drinking beer unlike the last week's homework which was involved eating and drinking beer but anyway here's the homework um bus train trolley streetcar boat to beer find a way find a place that you've never ever been before that you've been thinking about going to didn't want to go because it's too far to drive or too complicated to you don't want anywhere. to drive after you... Yeah, you don't want to drive right. after you've been there because yeah. you want to either almost close the place or... Or, <laughs> or you want to try their assortment of beers and right. you don't want to limit yourself by the safety factor of having to get behind the wheel of a car afterwards. Right. That's no, that's not good and it could potentially be very expensive. So, anyway, your hobby should not in, always involve that. But anyway, bus, train, trolley, streetcar, boat to... A place that you've never been before and report back as to uh, what you found on the other side. Take pictures, take notes. If you don't have a tasting book, you can order one in advance and have that ready for you to go. Um, but, you know, find that that destination. Uh, I know that some places in the world, you won't have that opportunity. You know, you'll have to ring your cousin and say, hey, like, drive me over <laughs> to here, right? That becomes your public transportation. Yeah. But, um, but you know, there's lots of places that, you know, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, Washington, Philadelphia, DC, New Philly, York, New York, mm-hmm. uh, Dallas, although mm-hmm. Dallas repeats itself every four miles, but, but, oh, sorry, it does. <laughs> Have you been? No. Oh, I don't want to <laughs> Long get time ago. No Texas commentary. No, no, I'm just I saying like I haven't been there in a long, long time, but I do know yeah. that it had this sense of like, oh my gosh, haven't we seen this before? <laughs> um, poor Dallas. Poor Dallas. It's not my fault that they built the city that way yeah. in a circle. <laughs> so, one other, can I add to your yeah. homework a little, yeah. a little encouragement? And this is to say that. Um, I notice that people will say they don't, they're willing to take a train or a trolley or a regional light rail like BART, but they don't want to take a bus. Why? Buses. I think it's an interface issue. I think it's because there's like you walk up, it's in a strange city. There's no menu pull down to say, this is what the bus stop looks like. This is what it costs. This is where you pay. This is how you get on. There's like, no, it's like you can't get that information easily. Mm. And yet there you see this bus pulls up and it stops like right out in front of the cafe you're at. And you're like, I could have gotten on that, but I don't know where it goes. I don't know what right. it costs. So you can use the internet, internet in advance and do a little research. What is the best fare and so forth? But the other thing is, you know, at some point, just get humble, 
and ask the driver, you know, right. is this the right bus? How much does it cost? I'm new. They're used to it. And buses are an amazing conveyance all over the world, and they're not as scary as they seem. And I say this because I myself have felt uh, like go to another country and like, well, I'll take the train, but I'm not so sure about the bus system. Mm. And a lot of times the buses are more fun. So here's They're the more buses. colorful, if nothing else. Well, yeah, and you get to see the city yeah. where you are. I mean, you actually get to. Uh, well, how many times have you been riding on the bus and go, "Oh, wow, what's ooh, right? What's that?" Like, yeah. and you're making a note, like, "Okay, that's right. the stop here. I'm going to look it up later." And like, that looks like a fun beer garden, or that looks like a fun pub that I need to go check out, or yeah, or, and you're you're right down there. It's like it's like, "Oh, this is only two blocks from my house." And it's not torn off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm just saying it's. Uh, you know, and it's very easy now. Risk <laughs> when when you travel. I mean, obviously for the San Francisco Bay Area, there's beerbybart.com that is a good jumping off point right. to figure out <laughs> how to do that. Um, but any city now, there's a great website called beermapping.com. Yeah, Beer Map Project. Which is just terrific. I mean, you can go to any city and and click on it, and it will show you, you know, the bars, the brew pubs, the bottle shops, the homebrew shops yeah. in different color pins. And you can zoom in on them. You can get the website of that place. And then every city, of course, has a municipal transportation agency or, or, you know, similar government agency that will give you a lot of good information about their transit system, right. be it extensive or, or pitiful. Well, and some of that's even overlaid on the, on, on the map. Yeah. Getting yeah. better and better. Yeah, you can so just see so what that is. I know that true. it's not everywhere. Like, how do we turn the homework assignment into yet another long discussion? We're like, because really? that's what the show is about. <laughs> so <laughs> that everybody hates the show because, like, dude, you guys talk forever. But it's it's a session. It's a session. It's no different. See, just so, just back me up on this. I, I'm, it was I no, got your back. It was no different at the 21A <laughs> when we were having eggs and yeah. and bacon and yeah, yeah, and our, beer. Yeah, yeah. The breakfast. It was no different was the there as it was here, right? Right. Yeah. It did, well, we didn't have bacon and eggs and beer here, though. That's so true. it was different. It was that different, um, right? There's no eggs. But I got and your I don't back. Eat bacon, so. <laughs> no, I understand. But I think you know. It, uh, I mean, our our strategy because we really believe in you know using transit as much as possible when we're exploring this wonderful habit of of beer. Um, that it's easy to figure out, you know, once you figure out where the good beer is, is to locate yourself in that city right close to it. Right. So that your hub, your 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 hotel, your B and B, your you know, whatever it is, is is in a place and normally not always, but normally in a in a larger city anyhow it tend to be close to the parts of town that you're going to want to visit for other reasons also. Um, sometimes, you know, you have the outliers in the uh, industrial parks on the fringe of the city or, you know, the strip malls on the fringe of the city, and there's nothing you can do about that. Right. Let's stay near a good pub. Yeah. Good rule. Yep. And then you can always, you know, you can always end your night at a wonderful beer place and take a few steps and be home. And like if you stay at the W, for example, you yeah. could end your night at Dave's. <laughs> Third and market. He doesn't know where the W, but that doesn't matter because you look up the you look up the hotels when you need them. Oh. It's all good. There's this wee little pub. It used to be this very scary, dark dive bar. 
it, it used to be a die. I mean, now it's brightly lit and it's not smoky and it's not so scary. Dave's. It's Dave's on Third Street. I know not of this. Okay, so we're going to take our assignment right now. We're going to yeah. go out and get <laughs> our take our our mini fast pass. We're going to Dave's, and I hope everybody else finds another place. Where is it on Third and where? Third and Market. <laughs> no kidding. Okay. Yeah. So you know where the bus you know where the bus stops sure. right there at Third sure. on Third yeah. before Market. Yeah. Right. Dave's is a hundred feet from the bus stop. No kidding. No kidding. Okay. I mean, I walk by it all the time yeah. going to the game. And there's yeah. uh, they have generally they have a stone beer. They have um a pyramid i mean it's a it's a it's not a yeah, unhappy place okay yeah. this is good yeah all right learn oh, something yeah. new so yeah that's the thing see that could be right here on on uh embark there montgomery oh, we'll dave's see we'll see and so, then it's one so this shoe. is like this other problem now <laughs> which is like, you know if our goal is to encourage everybody to up their beer profiles, pretty soon there's going to be too many things to have on a, a simple list of, of top places to choose from. And like we're like, oh, now what will we do? But well, that's a good problem. Something to have. you were mentioning earlier, Gail, is that and that we didn't bring up, and we're going to jam in here before we get cut off. Um, <laughs> like yeah, we, because of the radio, like we we're going to run out of air. Like we get cut off on this show. <laughs> I don't know when our three dollars, you know, like. Gets us to well, we here. should open though um, something else. Oh, there we, we go. Do that. So, all right. Um, yeah, let's go hop. Is you know one of the things that you know is all of your responsibility to do in your communities is to walk into your neighborhood pub that you like for whatever reason you like it. The fact is that you go in there and you like it. Is if they're not serving the beer that you like oh, or that you yeah. most like or that you can imagine that you had. Ask them for it. Tell them you'd like it. Uh-huh. You know, tell the bartender, and even more importantly, if you can find the bar manager, uh-huh. you know, tell him or her that you would like to see them, you know, pour this beer. Um, and that's, you know, that's our power as as consumers. Uh, Which is where we don't like, but if used twice on the show, is to 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 make. Make your voice known. Exactly. Just tell them. Well, and if you don't, especially if there's a tap that you don't like, yeah. you go, you know what? I, I'm tired of that beer. I don't like the way it's flat. It tastes bad. It's yeah. not my thing. And nobody ever orders it. So, yeah. Like, and, and with a little bit of research, you can, you know, just separate the genres because usually bars have some philosophy of they want to have beers in different, you know, they want to have a stout, they want to have a lager or a pilsner, and they want to have an amber, you know, and, and maybe they'll pretend they have a Belgian with with Stella. Um, but, um, What's wrong with Stella? Huh? I don't it's know. Nothing's wrong with Stella. It's, a, it's an example oh. of... Sort of the American blanding down of a good beer style. It's there's nothing wrong with it if you like it. It's not really. It's a. It's made in Belgium and it's not really a Belgian style. It's kind of a Belgian interpretation of an American interpretation of a German style. But if you like it, it's fine. It's there's other there's other interesting stuff in Belgium. There's lots. There's other beers that are similar. So you do a little research and find out what other beers are pouring around that are in that genre and say. Well, why don't you swap out like uh, a Trumer Pills for this? Right. You know, a locally Pilsner. made Pilsner made in Berkeley, which is widely distributed. It's not a question of scarcity or anything. It's easily accessible. You know what the secret to getting a really good Trumer is? <laughs> At the brewery. Uh, go to Austria. Order it, no, order it in a in a Radeberger glass. 
so psychologically it feels more European. No, it's the proper. It's the right shape. Oh, good. All right, I'll buy if that. If you order it in, if you order a trimmer and you and it's served in a shaker glass, a, a pint glass, it doesn't taste the same. Well, no, I mean, trimmer has its own. Yeah, but if they don't have the glass. Oh, okay. So that that's what you're. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I'm referring to glass, that. If, the yeah, if they don't have okay. the trim, if they don't have the the yeah. right glassware, which is lots of times. Most of the time. Yeah, order it in the in the wrong glass. And uh, so, so this is yeah, this just, uh, this yeah. last beer is Clipper City Pale Ale, and it has conveniently a scale on the bottom that says uh, for brewing or brewery fresh taste. Purchase before month notched. What did they notch? They notched June '09. Oops. It has no, no. It says purchased before. Oh, purchased. Purchased before. We don't know. Doesn't it's, say drink before. It's not. You know, it's not I, cold it, enough it, for one. Well, it's so, okay. It's a little it, bit warm, but it also the aroma is very similar to their double. Remember, it's oh yeah, a, the it's a idea. very yeah, yeah. I imagine they're using a lot of the same ingredients. Yeah, it's probably like it's, ramped up. Yeah, the aroma is almost identical. It's almost identical. Yeah. So, um, sometimes. You taste a beer that's not stale per se. It doesn't taste like cardboard or any of those things people say happen with a stale beer that, or you know, however you perceive that. But it's just not as bright and fresh as it could be. I'm kind of that's my guess about this one. I'm, I'm bet I bet that the uh, purchase before before June thing with this beer probably it's probably right it's on. Probably well, it's right at the edge of its edge of its time. Yeah, it's still a drinkable beer, but I bet it was a little a little bit sort of brighter. But still, a nice beer. Oh, go ahead. So, do do we forget to talk about anything now well, that we're done and we're past Well, no, no, no. There's there's stuff we could still talk about. Um, but we're done. I, but we're <laughs> essentially done, right? I put the uh, the uh, freeze in beer, freeze in speech. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That has a price. We kind of covered that, though. Yeah, we did kind of. Kind of. Um, yeah. It's like sharing freely. And then the other thing is, beer is a huge world of free samples. One of the best things about good craft places is you walk in there and say, can I have a taste of that? And, wow, most places will give you a little taste for free. It's just amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's don't, free. don't abuse thing. it. Never abuse it. Use it to choose something. Tip the bartender. It's all good. Are um, we done? <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, please, uh, ask if you don't like something. Uh, location-based reputation. Got all those guys. Those weird guys. Read Corey's weird book, Down and Out in Magic Kingdom. If you want to know more, Magic Kingdom. if you want to know more about the idea of uh, of reputation based economy, it's got adhocracy, sort of like everybody pitches in with whatever they want to do, and everything still works out. It's got this thing called woofy, which is a which is a sort of instead of money, it's how how much sort of psychic applause you right. get or it's crud. Got, yeah, yeah, but they call but it's framed as woofy which is yeah. picked up by a lot of people um yeah and and, uh, and it's it's, it's really given to you by everybody so if you are a flake and you never come through your woofy level on that that's going to be low right and that <laughs> happens in the real world but in this in this uh, in this science fiction version it's actually quantifiable <laughs> instead of just well, it, and it allows you to do the things that you want to do mm-hmm. right so if you don't have enough if you don't have enough woofy to get your way or to, you won't be able to work on the project. You'll right. have to go do something else. Right. It's instead of money, and uh, in this world, it's it's in addition to money. But 
But uh, if you have enough woofy, don't need much money, and vice versa. The other concept. The other concept is really. Can you imagine if you turn this on in the middle, and you're wondering in the middle. Okay. The other. The other concept is all spread out. With the other concept that's really wild in this is the idea that um, that people are essentially immortal. Oh well, now we're going to the book theme. Yeah. Yeah, the book theme, which is that there is no. There is no dying, and that if you if you don't like something, the way something's going, you can load a backup, and then having forgot everything that happened since the backup point. Since the, since the backup point. That's really really nice. So like roll back. It's like hmm. I, there's there there's some things in the last year that I really wish that I could go that I could roll back to a year ago. Yeah, but what if you lost the other good things? There's right not a lot of good things. Oh, I got mugged. Frank I don't want that. I don't oh, that want that. Awful. I don't want that memory. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I heard about that. I forgot. I to don't say want that. I don't want that memory. I don't want the. I don't want the mean spirited things that happened in 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 my head after that happened. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like if I could roll back to the day before it happened, it'd be. And then if I could roll back to a pre-stalker, I would love to be able to do that. Mm, yeah, you know, and if I could roll back to yeah, there's you know, it's basically about a year ago. Ouch. Yeah. Now, granted, I would miss, I would have missed that beer and that <laughs> beer and that beer and that beer. Yeah, I'm glad how you led with talking to us. Hmm. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm just not saying that this wasn't awesome. This was a great discussion. Oh, it yeah. was good, and it was great the having beers. Clipper City beer here. That was very. Oh, you have to try that too. That's really awesome. Nice, nice having an example of, of my okay, new discovery is, of Baltimore. This is so funny that that Steve's like now the unofficial Baltimore rep here. <laughs> that's really great. There's a bit, another opener if you want to use like a big boy opener. Here? Yeah, there's there's yeah. the uh, the so, one from Chumer that so there you they go. gave us, this which is. is like, this is really nice. I mean, I, you know, now that's an opener. That's a bottle opener. That's mm-hmm. Nice, a nice big um, bar shape that, that goes into the lip, not just a mm-hmm. tiny little prong. I feel like oh, you've like, accomplished something with really that good. in your hand. Okay, what so are we tasting? Final, well, final beer is the uh, Clipper City was was okay, but um, I think it was a little past its prime. Not it, it, not that bright, and also it it's not. I like, you know my West Coast preference. I'd like a little more hoppy Christmas in that. I, I I liked it quite a bit actually. I could no. I'm going to say I liked it. I just wish it was colder. That's right. all. I liked it, but right. I liked it. It's like yeah. and we could have controlled that, couldn't we have the coldness? Of yeah, it. we have a cold thing maker yeah, over there yeah. with no no ice required. Yeah, but we, I never, really, we never put two and two together though. To I like yeah. it when you could if we could put our beers into a little bit of a negative time machine a little bit sort of a, a refreshener take them back a few months then you could put yourself into that you could get back before the yeah speaking stuff. of hop aroma wow <laughs> so the final beer is hop slam ale by <laughs> bells brewery in uh Com- comstock michigan bells of course does some wonderful beers very few of which are available ever out here and this was from um, a listener Nice. Thank great. you, listener. I'm so glad I was and, here. Um, so the little bit of story about this beer, we, we this was uh, something that we had on the on the Lost show, mm. and I wanted you to try it. <laughs> so the thing that's interesting about this is that um, it was lost for an entire year. Wow, it must have been hopped like crazy when it began. Yeah, lost but ima- to you. We, it was down in Virtual Fries. And 
there was virtual fries was a closet was full of crap and <laughs> electronic the, the over the fries yeah and and beer obviously so <laughs> virtual 7-eleven as well so <laughs> fry i got it fries fries uh, the electronic store down in sunnyville gotcha, right gotcha gotcha um anyway so what happened was overzealous office manager goes and puts everything in boxes and tetrises it all together (laughs) and none of the boxes have labels on them so i don't know where anything is so in order to find something it means taking every single box out and opening every single box not interested in doing this then the guy quits and i don't know where anything is anymore at all so virtual fries gets closed because they want the space back because they need to make the the restroom where it's next to into a wheelchair accessible place despite the fact that there's no elevator in the building and there's never going to be and despite the fact that it's (laughs) there's every single business that's in here is like less than four people with the exception of this one but there's only you know we're not over the we're not there's no business over the number that's requiring accessibility within the building from the point of view of california so they just did it just to be good whatever they're going to spend a million and a half dollars refurbishing the building to you know so that nobody can take a you know roll a wheelchair into there gotcha yeah hmm all right. Interesting. Anyway, your ta- your San Francisco tax dollars at work. Nice. Thank you very little. <laughs> Interesting. Um, anyway, I'm a bit mad about it, but anyway, I got to find this beer, and so uh, uh, it's a good example of what IPA can do from the idea of it being aged over a period of time. So this is this is the two years on, above one. Yeah, this is two years above above water. Yeah, let's see. You know, or around the horn, kind right. of. You know, it's like way more than to India. <laughs> yeah, way more than India, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this like is <laughs> this is a double, the ten percenter. Yeah. So not only, and if it was just a normal, if it was like this, it wouldn't have aged. It would have been dead, right? But right. it's a double. It's like ten percent, and <laughs> so it's the hops have softened. They've rounded the hops it have off softened. Of it. yeah. it's, it's not that. It, it's like a baby barley wine. It's got. It's it's, it's not quite as heavy and syrupy, and it's not. But it's got some of that really nice. It's really, it's really good character. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's a dumb accident that we have this a year later. Well, it's great. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's um, once again one of our travels this year was to the Midwest, and we went to the Great Taste of the Midwest Beer Festival in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. Awesome festival. And they only have beers from the Midwest, as they define it. That's awesome. And really fun. So there was not one beer there that we were familiar, or we had heard of, you know, that we had ever tasted before. Okay. We had heard of them because Founders and Bells, Bells and, and Flossmore Station right. and, no, Allagash was too far. Uh, well, really? Jolly Pumpkin was there. We've had Jolly Pumpkin. Jolly but they Pumpkin. had special right. beers. They had like La Roja and Cherry kind of special yeah. beers. It was really yeah. fun. And Jolly Pumpkin's a fun Terrific. I love the story that those guys tell. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. It's uh, these sort of iconoclastic get together yeah. and just make a business and do stuff that's uh, fascinating it. and interesting and delicious. 
So, so um, yeah, we had, we had a great time there. I love the regional festivals. With the that's in Madison, festivals. Madison, and that was in July, August, August. August. Wow, it's brutal. Oh, and you have and there's like a lottery to get tickets. It's so popular for some years now. You have to enter a lottery to see if you can get in. Just to just to know you don't planning ahead is not enough. You also have to be lucky. But you know something you well, might you have to be lucky. You have to live there and get in line. And one of the places they sell them over tickets yeah. over the counter, and half of them they sell. You know, online by lottery. True, you could be lucky. By Not even by lottery. No, the the deal is here's the deal. We'll create competition for ourselves. You have to mail the letter in. It has to be postmarked on May first. On May first. On May first. Sounds Not like getting before, Grateful Dead tickets. On the end May first. <laughs> it has to be postmarked May first with your request for tickets. That's cool. Then they hold the lottery and they notify you in in relatively short order. Um, you got it whether you, you got it or didn't. So, bravo, guys! I know. Way to, way to I go love for that. Way to, you know. That's like that's like my militant beer school robot. You know, on the competition. You know, but we you had it until today to enter. But right, you go. But one day. That's it. That's it. And you know Five. the beers there were just phenomenal. Hmm. I mean, it was just uh, we had a good time. You know, we we got some hints from people. Who knew stuff about uh, where you kind of like go to this one, this one, this one? So we had some, we had a little bit of a head uh, of intelligence ahead, which is the kind of thing you can do by reading or by right. asking people. Kind of nice to know where you're going to go and what you're going to skip at a festival because mm-hmm. you can't do everything. But it was very well. Good. It's like the, um, it's like the Oregon Beer Festival from two years ago. Uh, Bell's was there, and they brought their. They brought their porter. Mm. The porter had won the World Cup for porter just three months before, oh. and so you know, looking, looking, like, no way, that okay, <laughs> yeah, so, right. like I've got to have that. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, no, it's um, it's just fun, as Gail often says. It's really an exciting time for beer. <laughs> you just everywhere you look, everywhere like, you go, just got to justify this strange this great stuff. Somehow, it yeah. is. It's like a revolution. It's amazing. I'm going to have to say you have to add another shoe to Kato's. You know, I don't Because it's so. far. It is far, but it's actually four. Because and one of them, part of it, you have to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of these where we mention on the site but that did you it see might be the, an Did you see the cheat we have on that with the Kaiser shuttle? When you click through to the description, no, I, I it don't tells have you how to take the Kaiser that. employee shuttle oh, okay. and and get over there from the BART station, so right. you don't have to yeah. do that. Cheating. And that, that walk's not so bad in the daylight, and I actually, we actually recommend against it at night unless you think you're like super urban, super aware, super... That's what I'm saying. There needs to be yeah. another shoe, or a different shoe. Well, running, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running shoes. But yeah, An you armed could, shoe. You of course, could, you know, old. You could have clicked through to the description. And, you know, and I was, this is like a hard thing for me because I'm pretty comfortable walking around the city at night and so forth. But there's some neighborhoods where that's just not smart. And there's some places where you can walk it in daylight and you better take the cab at night, you know? And we try to be sensitive to that. And and yet you always have to kind of ask yourself, well, am I just being squeamish about this? And um, Well, like, you know? like and, here's, yeah, here's, here's an example out. is is uh, 12th Street Station, Oakland, right? Five years ago, there would be no way that I would be caught there at night. Huh. Hmm. I mean, I just was uncomfortable with the whole, okay. you know, the hotel, the vibe around, the, the vibe around there, right? Yeah. And and yeah. the thing is that it's changed so dramatically that there's, you know, there's 
bars and restaurants and enough business that's happening in that area. Yeah, you know, that, all that concert that, scene at the Fox. There's all kinds yeah, of stuff. But, yeah, but uh, but here's the thing: that didn't exist five years ago. Right. Yeah. You know, it was a it was kind of a sketch neighborhood, yeah. only in that it wasn't. You know, it was so finite in its in its area, mm-hmm. and it was sort of a like that downtown Oakland. I I, I grew up part of my childhood in Oakland and. Oakland's had this problem for a long time of the of the downtown just being deserted at night. Yeah. So it's scary not because there's necessarily anything bad going on, but because there's like because there's nothing darkness there. and emptiness. Yeah. And that's really started to come around. I think it's a really great thing for Oakland. And uh, you forgot the in, in Hayward, there's that place be, before the bistro. It's that classic '70s panel wood panel, Naga hide. Bar okay, leather. Yeah. What's their beer selection? What's their right? beer? Like, we're not all. That's we're, all we care we're about. Really not about ambiance. Okay, no, we no. I'm making off. fun of your list at this point. So, well, stop making fun of us. But it's true. We we, we could do another <laughs> list. <laughs> no, just, there's just no. stop it. There needs to be dive we, bars by bar. We could no, do well. That that's someone else's yes, project. An ambiance, a total ambiance site. That's all about like what's the yeah, vibe. Right. We and, are, and we are a simple people. And tiki bars. <laughs> have one tiki bars by bar. I don't think there's that many. But I'm sure there's four. Huh? <laughs> if you mix Muni in, we could we can make that work. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah there's Muni, like four. Muni's there's like four. Good. Well, no, that one tiki bar is closed. Is it? Did yeah. did it close in the Fairmont? Is that oh no, no, that's no, still there. They just did this whole big thing. Oh, there was one out on uh, Geary, and, and then they got more attention. The, that was a total PR stunt. That's that was awesome. Motor says it best. It's a diversionary tactic to to draw attention away from some bigger issue <laughs> you know it's like oh save the tiki bar but we're going to build condos over here right yeah right <laughs> and the condos over here is a way bigger problem right in the long term of of the of the fairmont for what it is than save the tiki bar the tiki right. bar there well never mind i'm not critiquing people's uh, <laughs> we're not critiquing people at their bar so i think what no. you're saying is that there's plenty of room out there for your listeners to start their own websites <laughs> themed on something mm. that they're interested in but also you don't have to start a website per se you can just email your friends or you can if you're already part of some group like you know rape beer or or a homebrew board or or beer one of those boards you can just like start your own little thread there and say this is some transit information i think it's it's really great to the thing to me is to do it to scout it and do it on the ground yeah. because we can all look at the at the google maps and say yeah, that's probably walking. But you actually get there and say, no, the neighborhood's really not great to walk through. Right. I'm so glad I went on a Saturday afternoon. And um, Who knew there was a canyon between here and there? Yeah, who knew that, that, <laughs> that the freeway's been torn down there for six years? And So right. I think I think getting out there, the, you know, on the theme of homework, you know, the thing is if you scout it before you tell people how to do it, it really gives yeah. you more credibility. And there's lots, you know, combining... Just yesterday, I did a, a bike ride with a group in San Francisco that does beer-themed bike rides. Well, that's where they cool. start at a brewery, uh-huh. you know, don't drink, go out, do, you know, 20, 30, 40-mile bike ride, and wind up back there and having it. So we did it out of Lagunitas yesterday. How fun. And it was great. You know, it's just really a lot of fun. Get back. Um, there's the cars. You can lock up your bikes and then go hang out and drink beer. Yeah. And then hang out and uh, and um, so there's all kinds of different things. So I felt like you know after a 
32 mile bike ride I earned a beer or two or four <laughs> exactly <laughs> well thank you very much Gail and Steve for being on the show thank <laughs> you for really. having us um, I know this has been a long time in the making and uh, it was exactly <laughs> what I thought it would be we won't elucidate any further than <laughs> no, that. No, no, I just wanted okay. no, I just wanted you to know that I I wish that motor would have been here because it would have been it would have been more you know, it would have been that fun too. But Yeah, um, but you know, he was like as Steve was saying, you know, it's like we're kind of fun a bicycle, so like a non motorized dude, that's like we're okay with that. A non motorized show. <laughs> All right, maybe that's the name Ooh. of the Sorry, show. Motor. Non- motorized. Sorry, really motor, we missed you, I swear. And we had a good time. How funny is that? All right, we're not calling it non-motorized show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we only have one last thing to say on Beer School, and that is class dismissed. (laughs) All right. So much fun. All right, take some pictures. I didn't pour the whole homebrew out. That's okay. In tradition, in tradition of there's some yeast at the bottom. Pouring a homebrew, it's not always a good idea. Besides, it was it's way too delicate for this flight. What? Not. Wow, that's good. Arrange the bottles. Let's see. Lots of flare today. So Mm -hmm. we're fucking off the fucking air, huh? No, it's still recording. Oh. That's the best thing about the show. Release dogs. Wait, wait, here. I'll give you some. There we go. So now you get yeah, a little better light on the bottles. Yeah, actually, that is the best part about the show is that it never really stops. So that's a nice shot. (laughs) Okay, so if my the beer that I just bottled, if this turns out to be good, I'll bring you a bottle of that. Oh, cool. Flanders red on fresh pineapple instead of on sour cherries. Pineapple. Yeah, fresh pineapple. Wow. It actually, I imagine it, it's the first thing I made that was not from a recipe that I imagined, and then when I made it, I thought, yeah, it's kind of like I imagined. So I was really excited. Wow, that's and, cool. And I'm hoping as it bottle conditions, it will get really good. Do you know we're brewing a beer with 21A? Really? Yeah, it's going to be called beerschool.com. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Hey, kid, turn off the microphones. <laughs>